serving, please come. Well, the Lord's open to all call upon his name this morning. Oh, you look good. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for having Mel and I with us. I mean, with you. You are with us. We're having a blast with you. But thank you for having us with you. We've just been so thrilled to spend time with you and to get to know you, and um, the ladies of this church are amazing. You've opened your heart and your kindness and your generosity to us has just been extraordinary, and there's such a beautiful sense of community here. So why don't you just give yourselves a round of applause, and you've done such a great job. Pastor Susie and Scott, thank you for the honour of this invitation and the honour of this platform. I don't take this lightly, and I just really want to thank you for looking after us so well. And um, just to let you know a little bit about me, I'm, my name is Janine. I'm married to a very handsome man. His name is Andrew, and I think we have a picture. There he is. See, you don't just have to take my word for it. You can see for yourself. And he um, and I, we're part of the team with Phil and Chris Pringle at C3 Oxford Falls in Sydney. And we have an itinerant ministry as evangelists. Um, my husband actually is with our boys this weekend. He sent me a video of himself cooking last night just to reassure me that he actually can do it. Although I did see pizza boxes in the background. I think that's what may have actually been consumed. These, these are my sons. Samuel is 14 and he is a real, um, he loves athletics and running, which is good. I say just get them out, running around, wear them out. That's Got to be good, and Jonathan is 11, and he's still my baby, even though he's 11. Like, look at him. He's sweet. So I can't wait to um, get back home to them, but it is such a privilege to be with you here today. And um, I want to just speak briefly with you, and I want to pray as well, um, make some time to pray with people later, but on just on the area of our minds, of what's going on in our mind. I want you to think about what is your soundtrack? Like, does anyone have a theme song? You know, when you go on a road trip, does anyone like get all their music together? You know what I'm talking about? When you're traveling in Esme, do you guys have like the road trip soundtrack? Yeah, pretty much, right? But it's not just when we go on road trips that we have a soundtrack playing in the car. Throughout our lives, we've got a soundtrack playing. Anyone know what I'm talking about? In here, in our mind. The voices and the theme songs that we're actually tuned into. And see, this is really important because um, the voice we listen to in our heart or in our head, well, it determines the way that we see. Why don't you say that with me? The voice we listen to. Come on, I know it's a bit early, but the voice we listen to determines the way we see. Earlier this week, I was in the gym and I'd finished my class, so I got into the elevator because, you know, workout done, I'm not taking the stairs. I will just ride the elevator, thank you. And I 
was in the elevator with one other lady and how many people know that elevator rides can be a little bit awkward sometimes, like you're sharing this space and where do I look? But this lady, I'd seen her around at the gym a whole bunch of times and, you know, I thought, you know what, I don't know your name, we've never officially met, but we're basically friends, right? See you all the time. And I said to her, hey, how are you doing? And she growled at me. But my mind, I'm not sure if you're like this, my brain operates more slowly than my mouth. Like my brain generally is trying to catch up with what's happening in my world. And my brain is going, wow, did she just growl? But my mouth was still working. And I said, so, did you do a class? And she looked at me. There was no wondering, did she growl or not? It was open hostility. She said, what? is it with people like you so interested in how I spend my time? Still, my brain is like going, what? Really? Like on this go slow and my mouth is still talking. It's like sometimes it's like, just shut up, just get a clue. And I said, oh, so you didn't do a class then? And she said, no, I didn't do a class. I did two classes and then I went to the gym and lifted some weights. Does that satisfy you, detective, police, inspector? And then the doors opened and she left. But I was still trying to bring it round. I was like, well, it sounds like you had a great workout. Have a nice day. (laughs) And I was just left thinking, what was going on in her head? Because I know what was going on in my head. I see you all the time. We're basically friends. If I knew your name, I'd probably follow you on Instagram and like all your posts, right? On your birthday, I'd even send you the dancing lady emoji. You know what I'm talking about? It's your birthday. Go crazy. But whatever was going on in her head was causing her to see the exact same situation as as me being police detective inspector will not back off until you give me a full account for every moment of your time, right? What is going on in our heads? Because the voice that we listen to determines the way that we see. Do you understand what I'm talking about? See, in Romans 12 and verse 2, it says this, that our lives, the the outside way that we live our lives, our behavior, our Choices, they do not have to be conformed to the patterns and standards of this world, but they can be transformed if we allow God to change here. Not the outside, but the inside transformation, this internal dialogue, our thoughts, what we're thinking about and um, focused on. And then we will be able to see and understand and perceive the incredible and great plan and purpose that God has for our lives. See, there is a direct link between what is going on, this internal dialogue, the voice that we listen to, and then the way that we see and respond, and the way that our lives look. A couple of weeks ago, I was actually coming up to Brisbane, and I had um, some ministry, and my husband travels all the time, and So normally when I come away, I arrange a couple to come and stay with our boys. And this weekend, it had all fallen through. Something came up and they couldn't look after the kids. So I brought my younger son, Johnny, with me. And 
my older son, Samuel, said he didn't want to come. He was like, no, mom, I don't want to come. I want to stay with my friend. So I arranged for him to spend the weekend with his best friend. The only problem was I wasn't there to oversee the handover. I had to drop him at school and then go straight to the airport, and his friend went to a different school. So the plan was he, he goes to the church school and he had to cross quite a busy road from school to go to church, to get to church. He was then going to meet the youth pastor and hang out with the youth pastor and have some dinner and then go to youth, meet his friend and then go home with his friend for the weekend. So that was the plan. And I was so freaking out. Like I was, my head that whole week was just consumed with oh my gosh, he's got to cross a road. Like he's almost as tall as I am and you probably saw those guns and he's 14 and it's like, oh my gosh, he's going to get hit by a car. A car is just going to come out and he's going to get hit by a car and I won't be there and oh my gosh. Then this other thought came into my head. He's going to be abducted. Someone's going to come and take him. I know he looks like a man, but he's still a baby. He's still so innocent. Someone's going to grab him. And then this other thought came into my head. Oh my gosh, he's going to realize he really doesn't want to be part of this family after all. And this is going to be his perfect moment to escape. And I won't be there to talk him around. So that whole week I'm like in his face. Babe, what are you going to do if someone drives up to you, a stranger, and they try to get you, ask you to get in their car? And he's like, Mom, I'm not going to get in a car with a stranger. And I said, but what if you know them? Would you get in the car then? And he said, no, mom, I'm not getting in anyone's car. It's going to be fine. And I said, mom, um, babe, what if they try and grab you, like and force you into the car? What are you going to do then? Honey, do not hesitate. You go for the vulnerable places. Go for eyes, go for groin. No mercy for the bad guys, baby. <laughs> and I was like, babe, when you cross that road, what are you going to do? He's like, I'm going to press the button. I'm going to wait for the green man. Yeah, but honey, what if it's a red man? Mom, I'm going to wait for the green man. But what if it's a green man and then there's a car still coming? What are you going to do then? Come on, babe, we've got to role play some of these scenarios. Got to be prepared. I was on his case drilling him. Instead of being the cool mom, obviously, that I am, I was this intense, on his case, anxious, worried mother, completely consumed with this thought, I'm such a bad mother. I'm such a bad mother. What kind of mother would let their 14-year-old son cross a road to go to church and have dinner with the youth pastor? What kind of mother would let her 14-year-old son spend the weekend with his best friend? Oh, I'm a horrible mother. Where does that thought come from? Like, am I a bad, horrible mother? No. A helicopter parent, maybe. A bad mother, no. But where do these thoughts come from? You know, John 10.10 tells us that the origin of these thoughts, they come from one of two places. If we follow them back to their source, that there is an enemy. His name is the devil. We don't give him any glory because in Christ he is also defeated and under our feet. But he is real. He has an agenda. He has a voice. 
And that voice comes to rob us, it comes to kill, it comes to bring destruction. But there is another voice, and it is the voice of Christ. And if we listen to that voice, it is the voice that not only comes to bring us life, but life in all of its abundance. Friends, what are you thinking about right now? What thoughts are consuming your mind? And think about what is the source of that thought? Where is it coming from? Is it an agenda to rob, kill, and destroy? Or is it the voice of Christ? Is it leading you to abundant life? This is important, friends, because the voice we listen to, it determines the way that we see. In 1975, there was a movie soundtrack that came out and it forever changed the way we view an ocean predator. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Tell me, shout it out, what movie is this? That's right. And there's another, like Sharknado, like there have been so many subsequent movies, there's another one coming out just in time for summer, right? Whose agenda is this, if we think about it? But it, um, this soundtrack forever changed the way we view this threat. See, sharks have never been man's best friend, right? They are a threat. They're a predator. But swimming with a shark has, is not necessarily a death sentence. See, every time we swim in the ocean, we are swimming with sharks, right? Because the ocean is a shark's natural habitat. It always makes me smile, oddly, when I see, like in the summertime, the front page of the newspapers in Sydney, they will have a fin or something and they will have the headline, shark spotted in ocean. And I will be like, how is that news? That's where they live. Sharks in the mall? That's some news, right? A shark in the ocean? Not so much. But these headlines that grab us and try and put fear in our heart, right? See, if we just have a look at this image, we've got a fin in the water. Oh, whoops. Whoopsies. Yep. A fin. All right. Do you know what? Let's just forget it. We'll just... All right, I had a fin and then the Jaws soundtrack and then there was this horrible, horrifying shark attack. But you take a threat and then you apply a soundtrack and it shifts that threat into this unbeatable death sentence, right? Suddenly we're shifted into the worst case scenario. But um, about 18 months ago, and um, Samuel and I, my son and I, we were swimming in the ocean and... We were catching some waves, and then in the crest of one of the waves, I saw a fin. And i got to tell you, it really freaked me out. In my mind, I heard the Jaws soundtrack, and it led me to one conclusion. Get out of the ocean, or you're going to die. So I grabbed Sammy, and we caught this wave back into the shore, only to turn around and see that fin didn't belong to Jaws. It belonged to you saw that friendly little face of that guy up there. It was the fin of a, of a dolphin frolicking around in the ocean. Not, man, like, not a man-eater, but man's best friend in the sea, right? They're like the golden retrievers. You want to 
throw them a ball and play fetch with them, right? And there was Sammy and I huddled up on the shore looking out at this dolphin frolicking around and we had missed this incredible opportunity to swim with a dolphin. See, that's the thing about the soundtrack of fear, that soundtrack of the enemy. Not only does it cause us to live in this place of worst case scenarios. Do you know 85% of the things that consume our minds with worry will never happen. But you know the worst thing about the devil's soundtrack, that soundtrack of fear, is that it robs us of joy. It causes us to miss out on all the fun and the great things in life God has for us. It causes us to miss opportunities because we're continually viewing even a friend as an enemy. Like that lady in the elevator. I was a friend, but she was treating me like an enemy. Why? Because of this soundtrack that she had playing in her head, whatever it was. You know, John 10.10, how it says that the enemy comes to rob, kill, and to destroy. That word kill, does anyone ever have an image of the devil running around with a knife, like that secret murderer guy or something? Do you know what I'm talking about? What is that? Another movie, Scream, where they've got those masks. Like he's, the, he's a murderer. But you know, the devil is far more subtle than that. And that word that we translate into kill actually most precisely translated means sacrifice. You know how they used to place a sacrifice on the altar and the, the sacrifice would be killed. But it would be killed by the person bringing the sacrifice, like giving the sacrifice. See, the devil comes to kill, but it's not him who does the killing. It's us. His voice causes us to sacrifice things on the altar of fear, to sacrifice that dream God placed in our heart on the altar of our insecurity, to sacrifice our peace on the altar of anxiety and worry to sacrifice our integrity on the altar of it's never going to happen, do it in your own strength, to, to sacrifice God's best on the altar of compromise. It's not the devil that's doing the killing. So often it is us walking away from God's best and God's purpose simply because we are listening to the wrong voice. See, we do not need to have an encounter with a shark to know what it is to have those voices of fear circling our minds and influencing our lives and our perspective. Friend, how did the soundtrack of fear enter into your world? Maybe it was just something you inherited. Maybe that was the voice that has been spoken of your, over your life since you were little. Like in so many households, it's fear that sets the atmosphere and the tone. Maybe it was an experience that happened to you or something you observed happening to someone close to you, someone who you love. Maybe it was a diagnosis declared over your life that caused fear to enter into your world. When I was a little girl, I was sexually abused at a children's camp. In that moment, fear and shame began to circle my life and frame my worldview. 
from that moment, I kept thinking, you know what, I've got to keep everything in control. I've got to have everything perfect because if I let something go, if it's not perfect, then everything's going to fall apart. Everyone's going to know it's all going to be my fault. But the good news is, friends, that those soundtracks, they don't have to remain. Our lives don't have to stay the way that they are. The Word of God promises us that our lives can be transformed if we will just do one thing. Allow God to change the soundtrack. Listen to a different voice. Then we'll be able to see and understand the good and pleasing and perfect will that God has for us. See, God is amazing. He is so many things, but more than anything else, he is a great dad. He's a good father. And our lives are a tremendous gift from him. He doesn't want us to just do lots of stuff for him. He wants us to get out there and to enjoy our lives. He wants us to live abundant lives. And he cannot have our heads filled with rubbish. And friends, fear is rubbish. Fear is a ripoff. Fear causes us to remain huddled up on the shore, worried about nothing. 85% of the things we worry about, not even a chance they're going to happen. When we should be out there in the surf, swimming with flipper, living the dream, experiencing the abundant life that God has for us. Friends, the devil's real. There are sharks in the ocean. But we do not need to live in fear of sharks or the devil because Jesus came and he came to bring abundant life. Friends, now is not the time for fear to be framing our worldview. Now is not the time to shrink back and live timid lives, hesitant lives, full of self-doubt, wondering, could we do something great, wondering, could this neighborhood and this community, community be transformed? Wondering, could this building be filled to overflowing? Friend, do not live wondering. Step out in faith and see the goodness and the blessing of God, not only in your life, but extended into the people outside these doors. See, we all have got soundtracks that needs to change. You know, the Bible speaks about a group of people, the nation of Israel, and God leading them out of generations, 400 years of slavery and bondage in the nation of Egypt. There were so many soundtracks that needed to be changed in order for them to cross over into the promised land, the abundant life that God had for them. And there's a story, it's um, told in the book of Joshua, and it speaks about a time, and I believe that this is precisely where this church is at right now, where a generation of Israelites are standing on the banks of the Jordan River, and they look over and they're just about to cross over into the promised land that God has for them. They are standing in the same place that 40 years earlier the previous generation of Israelites had stood. But when they stood on the banks of the Jordan River, they looked across into Egypt and they saw fins in the water. 
There were giants in the promised land. They immediately heard the Jaws soundtrack. And they said, we cannot take the land. There are too many giants. They are so big. We cannot do it. We can't overcome them. And so they had to spend 40 years circling, circling the wilderness. See, the voice that we listen to, it determines the way that we see, right? And what I've come to realize is that God has got an, a promised land for each one of us. What does that promised land look like for you? Maybe it's in your family world. You know, what promise are you holding on to for your health or for your children, for this church community, for your business? God has got an, an abundant life. He has a promised land for each one of us, but we all have giants to overcome. There will always be giants that need to be defeated. And the voice that we listen to, it determines the way that we see. So when we listen to the voice of the obstacle, when we keep listening to the voice of our symptoms, the voice of our pain, the voice of the past and the failure and the belly flops and bad experiences that we've had, when all we do is focus on the size of the challenge and all the reasons why it's so hard and why we can't do it, well, not only are we elevating those challenges and those problems to giant status, we're also diminishing our own stature. See, that previous generation of Israelites, they looked over at the giants in the promised land and they said, compared to them, this is Numbers 13, verse 33, compared to them, we are, hello around there, sorry, I'm down here. I didn't disappear. <laughs> Compared to them, we are grasshoppers. And we have also become grasshoppers. Where? In our own sight. The voice we listen to, determining the way that they see. Friends, it was not God's voice that was causing his people to see themselves as grasshoppers. Come on. So whose voice were they listening to? So God led his people on that slow circular journey through the wilderness for 40 years until they arrived back at the same precise location on the banks of the Jordan River. Because friends, our journeys through the wilderness are never about changing our geography. They are all about changing our world view. If we change the way we see ourselves, if we change that soundtrack on the inside, it will change our lives on the outside. Friend, it is not a change in geography that you need. It is not the time to start blaming your spouse or to start blaming your children. Now is not the time to change your job and think, you know what, it's too hard. It's now is not the time to drop out of that university course or to give up on that business idea. Friend, now is the time to take another look. Come on, who is God? Let's shift out of our problems for just a second and think, you know what, who is God? Who is this God who made us? Who is this God that formed the earth and the, and the stars in the sky, the God who spoke life and breath into our body. Think about who he is for just a moment and now take another look. That giant's not too big. 
Come on, that problem is not too hard, not compared to God. That pain is not too great. God is with us, friends. God is with us. Come on, Jesus is our champion. He's called us. He's leading us. He is with us. Oh, come on, Calvary Church, and we are not grasshoppers. Come on, we are not grasshoppers. Say it with me. I am not a grasshopper. With even more passion, I am not a grasshopper. That's right. Come on, look at you. You're magnificent. You guys are amazing. I've never before encountered hearts as beautiful and pure as yours. Come on, there is a community out there desperate to hear about the victories Christ won for them, desperate to receive the kind of love and community and care and support that I found in this place. God is with you. God has called you. This is not a coincidence. This is a stake in the ground. The power of God is in this place. Lives are being transformed. Salvation is being found in this place. Christ's victories, they are already established. There's no question mark. Come on, friends. He said it is finished. Why? Because Jesus has already won. Oh, he's already won. Come on, give him some praise. Do you know the battle is not against the giants out there. Jesus has already defeated every giant. You know the battle, it is right here. What voice will we choose to listen to? If I can have someone on keys, that would be great. The voice we listen to, it determines the way that we see. And God is calling us into so much more, but we can't do it listening to the voices of the giants. The only way through is listening to the voice of Christ. See, that previous generation of Israelites, they were robbed of God's purpose. They missed out on seeing the promise and its fulfillment in their lives. Not because God didn't have it for them, but because they refused to listen to his voice. They fell into the same trap that so many of us fall into. See, they thought that freedom was a location. That freedom was a destination. That freedom was a geographic placement of land. That it was the removal of all their problems. That it was the perfect marriage. It was the perfect child. Finally, when I get pregnant, then I can be happy. Finally, when I've paid off my mortgage or buy a house, then I can be happy. But freedom is not the absence of problems. Freedom is not money in a bank account. Freedom is not the removal of every threat. Friend, freedom is a worldview. Freedom is the ability to walk into a land full of giants, certain that the God who called you there is greater than all of them. Freedom is the ability in the midst of the battle to set your mind and your heart on the word of God and say, you know what, I know who it is who's called me. And I'm certain that he is more than able to deliver on every one of his, pro- on, of his promises. I will not flinch. I will not shrink back because I know who my God is. 
Your life is not a coincidence. Don't allow yourself just to be travel, travel on that conveyor belt, going through the motions, thinking, oh, well, this must be all there is for me. Until you reach the end of your life wondering, gosh, could it have been better? Could I see, have seen the power of God at work in my life? Friend, this is a strategic moment for you personally, but also for this church. Now it's time. Make the switch. Change the soundtrack. Listen to who God says that you are because you are amazing. I've met you. I know you. You're incredible. You're powerful. The devil is so much more afraid of you than you ever could be of him. Do not listen to those voices of intimidation. Do not listen to the soundtrack of fear. Listen to the voice of the God who loves you, the God who you can trust, the God who won every battle. He's gone before you. He's made a way. He's opened the door. All it takes is one moment saying, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to listen to you. I can just have every head bowed and all eyes closed. Because, you know, one moment with Jesus changes everything. And the power of that moment does not remain back in that moment. We take the power of that moment with us. And it goes from strength to strength. See, I remember being so intimidated by voices of fear, so intimidated by the voices of the past and all the bad stuff that I'd done, the voice of offense and the voice of those bad things that happened to me. I was medicated for depression, admitted to a psychiatric hospital. But in one moment, when the psychiatrist told me, Janine, we can help you, we can keep you medicated, we can help you learn to manage some of your symptoms, but you're going to have to learn to live with this darkness. This, this giant cannot be overcome. In that moment, I heard the voice of Christ saying, Janine, you've listened to so many other voices. You've tried everything else. Will you listen to me? And I said, yes. I said, Jesus, yes, I will listen to your voice. That one moment transformed my life. With every head bowed and all eyes closed, see, the devil is real. He has a plan. It is to rob us. It is to kill and bring destruction into our lives. And the single point of difference between the devil's plan and the abundant life that God has for us is Christ. But Christ came to bring life in all of its abundance. God has got an abundant life for every person, every family. But we cannot get to it unless we go through Jesus. It's the single doorway to a relationship with God and abundant life. And right now, I want to ask every person, is Jesus living in your heart? Have you met him personally? Do you know him personally? Friend, I want you to ask that question of your heart right now. It's an honest question. And the question is not, am I a good person? It's not, do I believe in God? Am I a leader? Am I a pastor? Do I give to charity? Do I pray? Those are not the questions. All of those things are great things, but none of us can restore our relationship with God and none of those things can bring us into abundant life. It's only Christ. You know, I grew up in church. I was a leader in a youth ministry, but I did not know Christ personally. I was so consumed and messed up by all the other stuff. My life became so messed up. So right now, if you're here and you cannot honestly answer yes to that question, 
right now, Jesus is not number one in your heart, in just a moment, I want you to raise your hand where you're seated. Or if you're here and you know that once Christ has been number one, but right now he's not number one. Maybe it's another relationship. Maybe it's a controlling behavior. Maybe it's an offense. Maybe it's just weariness. You're in that rut, same old, same old. And you know, you know what, Jesus, I need you. I need you you to take that number one place again. I want you to raise your hand as well. Other people here, and when you think about eternity, there's fear and insecurity in your heart. You're just not sure what's going to happen. This is the most important question. What's going to happen when I die? We will exist for eternity. The only question is where. And if you're not sure that you're going to spend eternity in heaven, I want you to raise your hand as well. Just on the count of three, all of those people with every head bowed and all eyes closed, I want you just to raise your hand on the count of three and I'm going to pray with you. If you don't know Christ, if he's not number one in your heart, that's one. Or if you've once known him personally, but right now, if you're honest, if he's not number one, but you'd like to make him number one again, that is two. Or if you would like an assurance of your salvation, three. All over this place, from the front to the back, left to right, just lift your hand nice and high. I'll see it and then you can put it down. Thank you, sir. I see that hand. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. Up the back, I see that hand. Over here, I see that hand. Who else is there saying, that's me. I cannot live this way anymore. I'm sick of having that soundtrack of fear. Satan, I will not sacrifice God's best for my life because of your soundtrack. Jesus, I need you. You know, all it takes is one moment with Jesus. And this is that moment where your life can change. All you have to do is say, you know what? I'm not listening to any other voice. Right now, I'm not listening to the opinions of people. I don't care what anybody else thinks. Jesus, I need you. All you have to do is lift your hand and say, Jesus, I choose to make you number one today. Where are those people? Lift your hand nice and high. Sweetie, I see you. I see you. I see you. Amazing. Sir, I see you. I'm so proud of you. This is incredible. People are still responding to God in this moment. You know, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to rush through this. It's too important. I still feel in my spirit that there are some people who need to respond. And the only reason is God is calling you. There is family change right here. There are circumstances out of your control. And you know, God wants to take control of everything that's out of our control. All he asks is we control the one thing that is in our control, and that's our heart. Who's number one in our heart? And I see some strife surrounding families. And and sir, I believe that there are some men here, and God is just saying, will you respond to me? You know, in Revelation 3 and verse 20, Jesus says, I come to every single person. It says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will enter in. And I will be with them and they will be with me. And right now I feel it in my spirit. It's Christ himself personally coming to individual after individual, knocking, saying, sir, friend, sweetheart, I am right here. All it takes is just one moment. He's come as far as he can. But it's just an act of our will to say, I'm opening the door to my heart. Jesus, please come in. Where are those people? 
it's not too late. Just lift your hand nice and high. Is there anyone else? Sweetheart, I see you. Incredible. I see you, darling. Amazing. All right, friends, will you just look up at me for a moment? Thank you so much. Thank you for your kindness and your graciousness. I wonder, will you just stand to your feet? My time is almost up, but, you know, this is not only the most important moment in our lives, it's the most important moment in our eternities. And I just don't want to rush past it. I want to honor this moment. There are a lot of people that raise their hands in that moment, too many for me to come to you afterwards. So I wonder, would you be bold and would you be courageous? And would you just make your way out of your seat and come to the front so I can shake your hand and I can pray with you personally? Come on, so why don't you do that now? You can just leave your things in your seat and just come to the front. And come on, church, let's welcome these people. If you raised your hand, or maybe you didn't even raise your hand, but you want to respond to God in this moment, would you just come to the front? Come on, this is a a safe place. And if this is maybe the first time you've prayed this or a recommitment, it is equal. You know, about, gosh, five years ago now, thank you, sir, I was on the front row of church. Come and just step forward. And I'm not often at, at church. And Pastor Phil, my senior pastor, had a salvation altar call. And I just really felt God. God bless you saying to me, Janine, you need to respond to this. And I had this incredible battle with God. Like, God, I don't even know if I agree with your theology right now. Like, what's going on? I'm an evangelist, God. Haven't you seen my business card? (laughs) But God said to me, Janine, doesn't matter how many people you lead into my presence. What I'm interested in is your own heart, and you are far away from me right now. I raised my hand and responded in that salvation moment. Pastor Phil said, I see that hand. I was the only one who responded. And then in a moment just like this, he said, hey, so if you raised your hand, would you come to the front? I was horrified, horrified. But I took that big step from the front row to the altar in front of everyone. Pastor Phil led me through a salvation prayer and I didn't feel ashamed. I didn't feel condemned. I just felt free. You know, my relationship with God, it's personal and it's nothing. I do this because I love God, but it can never restore my relationship with him. That can only come through Jesus. You know, even as I'm talking right now, I just know that there are more people that need to respond. And you're not a bad person. This is, it's nothing like that. It's just realigning our hearts. So, If the people at the front could just take a big step forward, you guys are amazing, thank you. And I just want to ask you, if you're still in your seat and you know that God is talking with you, would you just come to the front and I'm going to pray with you. This is significant, friends. Why don't you just turn and ask the person next to you, would you like to go to the front because I'll go with you. Come on, why don't you do that? Turn and ask the person that you're standing next to. It won't be weird because they're expecting it. And then just bring them to the front. You know, walking to the altar to meet with God, well, that's something we should never do on our own. It's something we should do with a friend. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Thank you, sir. People are coming because they're being asked. God bless you.
What's your name? Great to meet you, Justin. What a great man. This is significant. So right now there's transformation happening that's very deep. The way you see yourself in your life completely changed because you're going to see yourself through the eyes of heaven. What a great son of God you are. And what a great man you are. You, the world is a better place because you're here. You will do extraordinary things for him. Church, why don't we take a moment? I'm going to pray this, a line of this prayer. I'd love it if you would say it after me. It's a salvation prayer. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. We're going to pray this as a family. Dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross, to pay the price for my sin. Jesus, I believe that you are the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And you're my saviour. Come into my heart. Forgive me. Be the Lord of my life. Help me to live every day in your presence. Jesus, thank you that I am saved. Just going to pray for you now. Lord, I thank you for these incredible women and men who stand upon this altar Lord, I thank you that the power of sin and death, it is broken off their lives once and for all. Lord, this is a new day. God, I thank you that you are changing the soundtrack, that the volume of Christ's voice is turned up loud and clear. God, I thank you. It's the purpose and potential that you placed inside them, that when you formed them in their mother's womb, that you are calling forth right now. Lord, I thank you that it is not over yet, that so much greater are the days that are set before them than anything that's been in the past. Lord, you are renewing their mind. I rebuke the voice of the enemy right now. I rebuke the voice that came to lie, kill, and destroy this beautiful, precious life. God, I thank you that right now victory is being settled in her spirit. Right now she's making up her mind, her free will, which cannot be overridden that she will listen to the voice of Christ and the enemy of the, the voice of the enemy, it is rebuked in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I take authority in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Jesus, your voice is loud and clear. Transformation from the inside out. And God, I thank you right now for a renewal, a restoration of dreams, of promises. I see ministries being birthed in the lives of these incredible men and women. I see prosperity coming to fund the vision that you've given them. I also see incredible discipleship flourishing in these people. Lord, in in this house will be known as a house of discipleship. God, I thank you for the stewardship that is upon this house, the wise use of resource. And I thank you that it is the partnership of wisdom and faith that is going to catapult this community into the next season of abundance. And Lord, the promises that you have. God, I thank you that there is family restoration happening right here, generational restoration. And the Prince of Peace is inhabiting every home. And God, I thank you that it is indeed a new day, Lord, that we are not looking back. The door is closed on the past and you are leading us into great things and it's your voice that we're listening to. Holy Spirit, I pray that you fill 
every one of these great men and women with your power and your enabling and you are leading us, God, into great victories. Jesus, it's in your name that we pray. And Jesus, we give you honor, we give you glory, and we give you all the praise. Come on, let's give Jesus a big, big shout of praise. Thank you, church. Thank you for your kindness and love and for being so amazing. And I'm just going to hand back now to Pastor Scott, but I want to let you know I would love to pray for you if you haven't been able to conceive children. You know, God really spoke to me before I came up here that there was going to be miracles that what is impossible with man is possible with God. There's a bunch of people and the doctors haven't been able to find an explanation for why you've been unable to conceive. And that's because there's no reason why you can't, that the power of God is going to come upon you and that faith is going to transform your lives and you will conceive and you will have incredible testimonies. Testimonies that are going to open doors for you to share about God, but also that these children, this new generation that will be birthed out of this house, they will be giant slayers. So if that is you, just come to the front and I'm going to pray with you. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Janine. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for responding to Jesus. Thank you all just for responding to what God's doing and laying on your heart. And um, I just want to keep connecting with those that are just making responses. And so we'll do that for the next week. And Come on, let's just, let's just pray. Father, we are just grateful for what you're doing in our midst. Just grateful for your presence, Lord. And Father, as we go today, we just want to keep going with you. Lord, where you are, what you're doing and what you're up to, Lord, that's what we want to be about. And so, Father, we just, we just set our mind on that. We just set our heartbeat on that, Lord. Ones that are going to walk in boldness, not fear. Trusting our God.